Welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show, and I have some very exciting news. My book, The Mindful High Performer, is now available globally on Audible. Tap the link in the description to listen to small shifts you can make today to become a calmer, happier, and more productive version of yourself. This week on our podcast, I speak to Libby Trickett, an Australian Olympic swimmer who won 24 gold medals during her time. Since retiring from swimming, Libby started studying a Bachelor of Counseling, yoga teacher training, is a podcast host. She wrote an incredible book called Beneath the Surface. And most importantly, she is a mum to three beautiful daughters. Libby displays extreme vulnerability in this episode, more of which is in her new book, Beneath the Surface. Today's episode is about the shift of identity for Libby and how she transitioned to finding herself outside the pool when she retired, her struggles with motherhood and postnatal anxiety and depression, her take on vulnerability and how to become brave enough to open up, being this incredible athlete, mother, author, businesswoman, what strategies she puts in place every day to protect her mental health. Her story is remarkable, everyone, and she is such an inspiration. Without further ado, let's get started with Libby on the show today. It is so wonderful to have Australian superstar, the incredible Libby Trickett, on the show today. Welcome, Libby. Thank you so much for having me, Chelsea. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's such a pleasure to have you. And I thought, you know, these podcasts are very short, and but I don't want people to skip out on your personal story, you know, that successful swimming career, you know, this incredible Aussie icon for all of us and this champion. So I'd love you to give the backstory around, you know, that swimming career and then I guess the shift that happened for you with finding yourself outside of the pool when you retired. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing, right? So like I... I found swimming at a really young age. Like I learned to swim when I was one. I joined my first club when I was four. And basically from the moment I had my very first club night race, I was obsessed with swimming. I was just completely in love. And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, success came easily or or naturally from there, but I just loved being in the water. It was like, I always describe myself as a water-based mammal. I am not a land-based mammal. (laughs) So for me, going into the water is like going home. Um, And it was, you know, it was the most incredible thing to find something that you loved and were passionate about at a very young age. And, you know, I worked really hard and I had the privilege and honour of of representing my country at the Olympic Games, at three Olympic Games, which was, you know, that's been one of the best parts of my life. And, you know, not only did it give me so much kind of purpose and drive and passion, um, it also gave me a husband and therefore my three kids. So really like swimming has given me everything in my life. And, you know, I'm, I will forever be grateful for those opportunities and the fact that I was able to do that from a very young age. Now, having said all that, (laughs) it's not always been easy. You know, there's so many times in my life where, well, particularly in that transition phase where you just, 
you don't know who you are anymore. And, you know, I'm sure lots of women can relate to that, whether it's transitioning into different careers, different jobs, different roles, into parenthood, you know, they're big life transitions and your identity completely shifts and completely changes to someone that you thought that you were and then all of a sudden it's it's something completely different and that was certainly the case when I was transitioning into life after swimming and definitely life into parenthood as well. Yeah, I you know, I was reading your book and I'm and I'm so grateful to people like you as role models who are very vulnerable and very authentic about about the truth, you know, about what happens uh, and particularly around mental health. You know, our company is very, very much passionate about mental health and helping people to become educated and also empowered to take care of themselves. So if you are open to it, I'd love you to share with us, if it's okay with you, your struggles, right, with, with motherhood and, and your experience there of, you know, postnatal anxiety and depression. Um, I'm incredibly passionate about normalising mental health conversations. Um, I think because, uh, you know, I in some way because I've kind of grown up in the public eye from the age of about 18 or 19, people have this expectation of of who you are and what it takes to get to the success that I've um, been fortunate to, to, to achieve, right? But the reality is, is that we're all human. <laughs> we're, we all have incredibly difficult struggles in lots of different ways because we've, um, because of our childhood experiences, different traumas that might have happened throughout our lives, and they may be big traumas or they may be little traumas that have built up over time. And um, you know, for me, uh, when I first retired from swimming, and that identity shift was so massive in my mind and in my life it was I I definitely fell into kind of a depressive period it was about 10 months or so and the only way I was able to get out of that depression was by returning to swimming because I needed my comfort zone again I needed to feel safe again I needed to feel like I knew what I was working towards I needed that black and white goal that was tangible and I knew what the process was. It was really easy and comfortable. And then when my second retirement from swimming happened, I was more prepared. I actually got injured. That was the reason I retired because I don't think I ever would have (laughs) done it on my own volition. (laughs) I think I would have been pulled kicking and screaming out of swimming had it not been for that injury. So the universe works in mysterious ways and um, I actually think it was the right time. Um, But, you know, so that transition into uh, retirement the second time wasn't, uh, it was was easier because I knew what to expect and I knew to have more patience with myself. I knew I needed to keep exercising because the first time around I did not, I rebelled against all exercise, um, (laughs) understandably. Um, and then when the transition into motherhood was, oh gosh, it was just something that you can't anticipate, you know, women around the world are always having babies and you, you see them, you see friends having children and you just don't know how hard it's going to be. You don't, you just don't know. And, you know, I don't say that to, to scare women who haven't had kids yet, but I want them to have a really clear picture of what 
you know, going into motherhood looks like. So they don't feel bad about themselves when inevitably there is a moment where you're like, what the hell have I done? I regret all life choices to this point. (laughs) Why is this screaming baby screaming at me all day? (laughs) Um, And, you know, I don't want women to feel like there's something wrong with them because it's, these are massive moments in our lives. And so that was certainly the case for me. Um, You know, Poppy, my oldest, she, I mean, she was a firecracker from the moment she was born. Like, it's so funny because you you go, is that a personality thing or is that just like a weird baby thing? And then now that she's seven, I can kind of look back and go, oh, no, she was a firecracker from the very beginning. But she, you know, she's someone who definitely can struggle to switch off her mind. She's someone who can really struggle to kind of decompress and, you know, worries about making the right decision all the time. And when she was a baby, that kind of uh, showed itself by her not wanting to sleep. (laughs) And, you know, nothing can prepare you for sleep deprivation. So there was a period of about five months when she woke up every 45 minutes, um, day and night. (laughs) And so she was cranky. I had no bandwidth whatsoever to navigate new motherhood because you know when it's your first particularly everything is new you know learning how to change nappies learning how to breastfeed learning about sleep cycles and routines and once you think you get on top of it all of a sudden it changes again (laughs) Um, let alone trying to get out the door with a baby and trying to and 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 I think on top of that when it's your first, you can still see who you were. Mm, Absolutely. Like a second ago, you were this person and now you're someone who's the same, but also completely different. And for me, that was a a really big, um, incredibly trying time because I felt like I was failing constantly. It was just a nonstop cycle of feeling uh, like I wasn't enough for Poppy and yeah, so that resulted in in getting diagnosed with postnatal depression. And you know, as hard as it was to kind of recognize that I needed to ask for help, it's for me that is one of the most life defining moments of of my entire of my entire life. And you know, I, I know there will probably be w- women listening who are struggling right now. And honestly, the the only advice that I can give you in that moment is that you're not a failure if you need to ask for help. It is the most brave thing that you can ever do in your life. Thank you for sharing that, Libby. And and for the parents who are listening because, you know, motherhood is hard enough or parenthood is hard enough without throwing on top of that sleep deprivation and a chemical imbalance, you know. <laughs> what? You're like, oh, my God, what is happening? I remember one point when, with Poppy that I had changed a nappy in the morning and I'd spent the entire day smelling poo. And I was like, where is this poo smell coming from? Like I can't not smell it. Where is it? And then I realized that a shirt that I had gone out in, done some errands in, had just poo all the way down it, including on my shoe. So somehow poo had gotten onto my T-shirt and onto my shoe. And I'm like, holy moly, like I won an Olympic gold medal and now I've just wandered around Brisbane with poo 
like on my shirt and on my shoe. <laughs> like, what have I become? Like, who is this person? <laughs> I always tell people you haven't really lived until you've been pooed on. Like, I still remember with Clara, I was changing her nappy and it just like exploded on my face. And I'm like, is this, have I hit the lowest point of my life? <laughs> is this real life? Like, <laughs> I am a strong, independent woman. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. And so, for the listeners, you know what what were your signs and symptoms? Because I think this is really important to get very educated and empowered. And because if we could have picked it up earlier, I think for both of our stories, we probably wouldn't have fallen so far. Yeah. Uh, so any, anything that you found for you that you're like, wow, that was a real obvious sign that I didn't notice at the time. Was there? Yeah, well, the thing I think that surprised me the most, because when I imagine depression, like before I had, you know, the words to articulate what I was feeling and um, mental illness in general, was I thought depression was just being really sad (laughs) and staying in bed all the time. So, you know, that social withdrawal, not wanting to talk to people, all of those things. And certainly that was part of um, my experience. I definitely withdrew from some friends and family, obviously wasn't asking for help. Mm. Um, my husband definitely noticed a shift, but he was also a new parent and also navigating new parenthood. So he didn't necessarily know the questions to ask or, um, how to help in, in the best way that he can. Um, but for me, there was a moment and it was, you know, I'm try- I was trying to do the self-care thing. I was trying to take care of myself physically, to take care of myself mentally. And the majority of the time that's exercise. So I bundled Poppy up into the car. I, um, it was during that time where, you know, kids again, inevitably hate being in the car and she immediately started crying and the drive from my house to the gym that I was going to at the time was about 20, 20, 25 minutes. And within two minutes into that drive, you know, she was screaming and it's like, it's like I just completely lost my mind in a sense. Like I just, I snapped (laughs) I mean, that's the only way I can kind of describe it. I just had a break from reality and was just animalistically yelling and screaming at an eight-month-old baby and I lost all control. Like I could not control that moment. I couldn't control my behaviour in that moment and I just, I like I think I was, screaming in my mind I was screaming at her to shut up but I could I I don't think I was actually making any sense or any sounds or you know words um and I eventually got to the gym and the moment that I got there it's like I realized that I had no recollection of that entire 25 minute drive And that for me was the moment that I got really scared because before that I was angry, before that I would snap, before that I, you know, had moments where I wanted to throw her out a window or leave her on the side of the road. Like the, and you know, that, oh, like that, like even just saying that out loud feels incredibly uncomfortable because you don't want to be seen as a, a terrible person or a terrible parent, but they were literally the thoughts that I was experiencing at that time. 
But in that moment, I realized how dangerous I was on the road, not only for myself and for my child, but for other people around me, because I had no, no memory of driving. And so when I got there, I realized like I wasn't of sound mind. I realized that uh, there was enough of me to recognize that I needed desperately to get the help that I needed. And so I immediately called my husband um, and told him what had happened. And he explained, well, he told me basically to call the GP, book an appointment. And that was the very first step in the asking for help. And that was the very first step in the healing and, you know, it's not like you have one GP appointment and then you're fine, <laughs> everything's fine. Um, you know, it's, a, it's been a real process since that time and it's been, you know, a lot of hard work and, a, you know, psychology appointments and eventually going on to medication. And, you know, recently I've uh, rediscovered the, the incredible power of yoga and meditation and journaling and, you know, to be able to talk about my story openly and honestly I just I I hope um with the platform that I created from my swimming that I'm able to help people realize that these experiences unfortunately are part of humans you know that's part of the human experience and and it's really hard but we can get the help that we need when we need it absolutely and you will help beyond what you'll realize the people that you're helping because there's going to be people out there Libby that don't reach out on Instagram DMs or don't send you a message mm. on LinkedIn or that are sitting there maybe listening in their car driving with their baby strapped in the baby Bjorn onto them while they're driving the car because they're crying because they mm. don't have the baby back in the baby seat and in such a state and they like finally finally someone understands what I'm going yeah. through and today's the day I reach out to speak to my own doctor and get help. So that's your- everything to me. That like that that's the that's the thing. Like I've had a couple of women tell me, or actually a couple of partners of women who have you know um, really struggled, and just to have them say, you know, it made my partner understand me a little bit better. It started, you know, I started to under, understand what she needed and how she needed that help. All the woman who is experiencing that that real um, darkness to go and seek that help. Like that's, yeah, if I can help one person with every conversation that I have, I'm just that, I mean, that's everything. That's my life's purpose now. <laughs> you are amazing. You are amazing. Thank you for having that as your purpose. Honestly, that means the world to me as well. Um, and I, you know, for the for the parents and not just even the parents, you know, the uni students, the corporate professionals that don't have children, we all need strategies, right, to, to put into place to protect our mental health. Now, your bag of busy is like next level bag of busy. <laughs> <laughs> Am I trying to like make up for some lack in my life? Possibly. Who's to say? <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. You know, you're you're this incredible athlete. You're a mom. You're an author. You're a business owner. You, what what do you do? What do you do daily to make sure that Libby Trickett is protecting her mental health and turning up every day? You know, so your kids are getting a, the the right version of of you. Yeah, I I mean that's such a good question, right? Like I think we all need to 
have a moment of reflection to understand what it is that we need, what we enjoy, what fills us up, what nourishes us and allows us to go into this world and hopefully make a, a different a difference in the way that we can make a difference and make an impact. Um, you know, whether that's on the global scale or whether that's just with our community or just with our family. Um, and so for me, I think uh, always has been, probably always will be exercise is a foundational component of taking care of myself. What I've also discovered is medication is an important part of taking care of myself. Um, that was something that I resisted for a really long time. Um, but in the midst of the global pandemic, when, you know, all the lockdowns started happening and, you know, I didn't have access to my normal resources of taking care of myself, I recognized that that was uh, an avenue for at least a short period of time to take care of myself. Um, and I've subsequently realized how much better I feel on them. So I've continued to do it. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that that's the only thing. It's definitely not. You know, for me, it's the combination of the exercise, the medication, and the thing that has been most transformative in my life has been this year, which is um, yoga. <laughs> I am completely insufferable about yoga now. And I will talk to anybody about it all day long because it's uh it's literally magic and you don't have to look like a perfect yogi you don't have to be a perfect yogi but the act of moving my body in conjunction with the flow of my breath um is something that's really powerfully um transformative for me so um yeah doing yoga teacher training and um being, you know, starting my business in uh, called Unlocking Her Potential, which is all around holistic health habits is, yeah, it's been a true joy. And and that's something that, that absolutely fills me up. And I am doing for the most part, as often as possible on the daily. So you are just a wonderful human being, honestly. And, and I love medication too. I'm on medication. I bloody love it. Yes. <laughs> I bloody love it. Right. <laughs> I think it's got such a bad branding out there. People are just so feel shame and guilt. And I'm like, hang on a second. If you're doing everything, like you're saying in the toolkit, right, you're doing everything and sometimes we just need a bit more. Yes, uh, but this is exactly right. Like it can be for a short period of time. Maybe you're going through a particularly acute moment of stress in your life and this might just help. Not So for me, like the effect that it has is, I, I don't bottom out like I used to. Exactly. And so I still feel highs. I still feel lower, mm -hmm. but I don't hit the bottom, which was, you know, that that was a really massive roller coaster ride. And, you know, for me, I think maybe I'm just wired a bit different. <laughs> and so I need that extra support. And that may be forever. It may be for a period of time. And I'm just kind of taking it one one step, one day at a time. But um, yeah, it does. They do get a bit of a bad rap because it's like somehow you're lacking or you're broken. And the reality is, is we have these incredible tools. Let's let's use all of them because then we can live really vibrant, thriving lives. Like, let's do that. I love that. I love that. Yes to all of that. Libby, what an absolute treat. I cannot recommend enough to our audience to grab your book Beneath the Surface. You've just got a little snippet here of Libby Trickett and how honest and how awesome she is. Go grab her book. Go and check her out. Libby, where's the place 
best place for my audience to find out about all the incredible work that you're doing as well? Um, so, well, uh, we just launched our website, so unlockingherpotential.com, which is, um, yeah, really, really fun. But if you want to check out all of my crazy parenthood stuff at um, Libby underscore Tricket is um, Instagram. And yeah, all that glitters is my podcast as well as the sports social actually because I thought I'd just add another podcast into the mix because why not? (laughs) I mean, it's too much. I get it. It's too much, but I love it and it's talking sports. So it's fun. Give it to the busy people, everyone. Give the work (laughs) to the busy people. (laughs) Libby, thank you so much. It's such a dream. Oh, my absolute pleasure, Chelsea. Thank you. And thank you for all the work that you're doing in this space as well. Like it's such a, an absolute privilege to be able to talk to you and have these really open and honest conversations. And yeah, you're, you're making an incredible difference. So thank you. Thank you so much. This podcast and the information contained therein is made available for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide medical advice. This information should not be used as a substitute for competent medical advice from a licensed specialist, doctor or psychologist. Thank you.